Let's get started on the second presentation for Chapter 8, and that is automobile insurance. Slide number 24, automobile insurance coverages. The financial responsibility law requires drivers to prove their ability to cover the cost of damage or injury caused by an automobile accident. Now, over 45 states have compulsory automobile insurance laws. There's only two or three that still do not. California has compulsory automobile insurance laws. And our minimum is 1535. And folks, these numbers have not changed since the 1950s. Yeah. This is woefully inadequate insurance. You want, at the very least, 100, 350. But what do these numbers mean? Just hold on a minute. Just hang on a minute. Let's define what we're discussing before we look at what the numbers mean. Slide number 25. The first liability and in my humble opinion the most important type of automobile insurance is bodily injury liability why because we ask ourselves how much could we lose and in this case the answer is plenty bodily injury liability covers the risk of financial loss due to Legal expenses, medical expenses, lost wages, and other expenses associated with injuries caused by an accident for which you were responsible. And for the people in your car, there are medical payments that cover the cost of health care. But you have health insurance for that. As with personal liability, the compensatory awards for bodily injury liability can be enormous. Not only could you be forced to pay somebody's medical bills, you could be held liable for a person's missed wages. Don't run over a CEO of a big company, right? Because you got to pay their wage. Don't run over anybody, folks. It's a joke. But but think about it. You're, you're going to have to hit their legal expenses. You're going to have to pay their medical expenses and their lost wages. Right. How much could we lose? We could lose plenty. Slide number 26 is property damage. Property damage covers damage to another person's car when you are at fault. Well, it's not only a person's car. It also includes damage to street signs, buildings, trees, mailboxes, for example. During a rainstorm, you accidentally slide your vehicle into a neighbor's mailbox or tree. Now, go back and take a look at the... Uh, that beautiful graphic that I made for you, <laughs> uh, the umbrella. In the event that the bodily injury or property damage liability limits are insufficient to cover the liability incurred, an umbrella liability policy will kick in and pay above and beyond those limits. So uh, that's part of the uh, umbrella policy. Now, they're going to want you to have the maximum liability limits before they give you the the uh, umbrella policy. They're not going to allow you to use a very small amount. 
and then say, yeah, 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 we'll cover that after, after you pay a small amount. So now let's turn to slide 27 and define what these numbers mean. It's tricky, folks. I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, sugarcoat it. The insurance companies have made it very hard to understand. The first number, let's say you have 100, 350. The first number is the limit that will be paid to one person in an accident. No matter how bad the damage you do to a person, that is how much they will pay. $100,000. That's it. After that, you're expected to pay the rest. Unless you have the umbrella policy, then the umbrella policy takes over. The second number is how many people that will be paid to all persons in an accident. Doesn't matter how many people you hit. 300,000 in this case is the maximum that would be paid to all the individuals in an accident. And then the last number is relatively straightforward. That's the fifth, in this case, $50,000 limit for payment to damage to properties of others. And so what I want you to do is print out the handout. This is when we would pass it out in the in the face-to-face um, -face class. But think about these numbers, folks. The minimum amount you must have in California is $15,35. $15,000? That's barely enough to, to, to pay for the person being brought to the, uh, the emergency room. Exactly. And and thirty thousand if you hit two or three people, that's all they're gonna pay. And five thousand for property damage that oh my goodness, what you can do just running into somebody in a park in a parking lot at five miles an hour, all the damage you can incur. So now we're gonna do some examples. And it's a little tricky, folks, so I want you to make sure you understand this. So slide number twenty eight. Les Dulanch, yeah, Les Dulanch, was judged at fault in accident. The three occupants of the vehicle he hit were awarded damages of 30000 10000 and 5000 Les has 25-50-10 liability coverage. What amount, if any, would not be covered by his insurance and would be expected to be paid by Les? So think about it. He hit three people. For a total of 30 plus 10, that's 40, plus 545, and he has 25, 50, 10. So you might be tempted to say, look, $50,000, he's covered. No. The first number is the amount that they will pay maximum to any one individual. So that first number, 25,000, says, that's it. That's all we're going to pay. We're going to pay 25000 to this first person. After that, we sit on our hands and we do nothing. Unless we'd be required to pay the extra 5000 And people are incredulous when you tell them that. When they get the bill for the extra $5,000, they say, wait a minute. Wait a minute, I thought I was covered. Well, yes, you are. You have liability, but only up to $25,000 for any one individual and 50000 for all the individuals. 
And what they then say is, but I thought I had full coverage. But the truth is, folks, full coverage doesn't mean anything. It's just the way of saying you have uh, the liability insurance plus uh, the collision insurance on your car in case you're in an accident, plus comprehensive in case it is a flood or a, or a fire or theft. So, so that's what the insurance agent will tell you. You have full coverage. But that doesn't mean it's unlimited liability. There's no such thing. No insurance company is going to have unlimited liability. And when you explain this to people in the face-to-face -face class, especially in the evening, the younger folks during the day, they kind of get up, they get a little uh, uh, upset. But the evening folks get really upset because they thought they've been driving for maybe 15, 20 years and they thought they were fully covered. They didn't ever think that they were ever going to have to pay anything in the case of an accident. And then they run home and try to figure out what their policy is and get really angry when they realize they've been sold the least amount of insurance. Slide number 29. Uh, next example. Mustafa wrong number. Mustafa wrong number. Was judged at fault in an accident. The two occupants of the vehicle he hit were awarded damages of 130000 and 70000 Mustafa had $100,000, liability coverage. What amount, if any, would not be covered by his insurance and would be expected to be paid by Mustafa? So, so you add up the hundred and the seventy, you get two hundred thousand, and you may be tempted to say, "No problem, he's totally covered." But wait a minute, what's the maximum? A hundred thousand for any one individual. So after this person that he hit, the first person submitted claims of $100,000, the insurance company would say, we're done. That's it. We're not going to pay anything else. You got to go see, you got to go talk to Mustafa. So he would be on the hook for $30,000. Do you have it? Make sure you understand this because I'm going to ask you on the exam. But more importantly, you need to understand this in case... You, uh, well, in the case of when you buy insurance and understand how your insurance is, is, is working, and in case, in the, hopefully you'll never have to deal with it because you won't get in an accident that's very serious, but you might have to deal with it in that situation. Now, slide number 30. <sighs> Sydney First Row. Well, yeah, Sydney First Row was judged at fault in an accident. The four pedestrians he hit were awarded damages of $240,000, $200,000, and $40,000. Sydney had two fifty, five hundred, one hundred liability. Well, now, first of all, Sydney has one of the highest you will see. That's that's usually highest. $250,000, $500,000, $200,000, $300,000, $500,000, $200,000. Those are, those are some of the highest amounts you will ever see. So let's, let's add up the... Um, First of all, let's see. Did anybody go over 250000 Nobody went over the 250000 So that first number would not come into play. But if you add up 240 and 200, that's no, 440, plus 60, there's 500, plus $540,000. What's the maximum that they're going to pay to all individuals in an accident? 500000 
So right, Sydney's going to get a bill for forty thousand dollars. And you may say, well, how does the insurance company uh, decide who gets what? Well, they don't. They simply pay out the claims as they come in, and as soon as it hits five hundred thousand, that's it. They sit on their hands. So in a case of an accident, if you're hit, it makes sense for you to uh, you know don't don't settle too quickly. Make sure you. You get what is, is going to make you whole, whatever that takes. But it doesn't make sense to sit around for too long because exactly, right, exactly. If you're at the end of the line, then you have to go after the individual who may or may not be a responsible individual and might just say, well, forget it. I'm, I'm not, uh, my major asset is that Michelob sign I stole from that ho uh, that beach hotel beach uh, beach uh, bar down in rosarito slide 31 automobile liability example number four cs verdad cs verdad <laughs> the angles go huh was judged at fault in an accident it means yes it's true in spanish cs verdad uh, he was judged at fault in an accident he caused forty five thousand dollars worth of damages in a to a person's home Senor Verdad had 5,125 liability coverage. What amount, if any, would not be covered by his insurance and would be expected to be paid by Senor Verdad? Well, this the, the property is relatively straightforward. The maximum they're going to pay is 25000 He caused $45,000 worth of damage. So 45 minus the 25, right. $20,000. So that's relatively straightforward. It's the first two numbers that really trip people up because the first one says that's it for one individual. The second one says that's it for all individuals. And you have to look at both. Slide number 32. Okay, fess up. This is for the online, I mean the face-to-face -face students. How many of you know the limits of your automobile insurance policy? <laughs> A, I know them. B, I have no idea. See, I think I knew what they were when I signed up, but now I can't remember. And slide number 33, if you do know the limits of your automobile insurance policy, well, what are they? The minimum, 1535. Think about it. Think about it. Well, you see, back in the 1950s, a day in the hospital cost 70 bucks, $80, $100. Now it costs $10,000 for a day in the hospital. Cars, you know, car, a $5,000 car in the 1950s, that was a very expensive car. Now that's what it costs to have the bumper replaced. No, 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 not this. It's not that bad, but it's pretty bad. The body work is, it's, it's uh, all the body work is so expensive. So don't run into one of these BM money, big money wasters, 850s or whatever they are, 750s, $100,000 car. Yeah. Um, so you see why those minimums are just really, really ridiculous. They should have raised them years ago. Maybe it's 50, 125, somewhere around 100, 255. This is the minimum right there, folks. The minimum, I think, 100, 300, 100, 100, 250, 50. And the maximum might be 250, 500, 200, 300, 500, 200, 250, 500, 100. So get the maximum. It's not much more money. Why? Well, I don't know why. I haven't figured it out. If your if your uh, uh, driving record's not good, it will be a whole lot more.
But if you assuming you have a good driving record, it's not that much more money a month. Yeah. Slide number 34. How much do you need? Well, as we said, 100, 300 is recommended for bodily injury liability. Try to get more, 200, 500, 250, 500. That umbrella policy will really come in handy in case you are in a serious accident the property damage liability well i think a hundred is is fine but i you know would rather have more we have the maximum because that's how they're going to expect you to get the maximum if you get a uh, umbrella policy which in our case is 250 500 250 that's a lot right there and then, as we said, you get the umbrella policy, and boy, it gives you a lot of uh, liability damage, uh, liability coverage. Slide number 35. Here are a couple of um, provisions that your insurance agent should offer you, and you should, in my humble opinion, accept. And that's uninsured and underinsured motorists. The uninsured motorists pays for the cost of injuries if your vehicle is hit by a person without insurance doesn't cover the property damage in other words if you're hurt in an accident for which somebody is uninsured your insurance company will pay you and one very cool thing that the insurance companies do and we like to rag them but if you are hit by a hit and run driver who flees the scene and is not caught the insurance company automatically assumes that that person was uninsured. So if a hit and run driver uh, causes bodily harm to you, you will be insured by the uninsured motorist provision. The underinsured motorist pays um, for you if that person who hit you had 1535 and did not have sufficient coverage. So both of them are relatively inexpensive and really, in my humble opinion, are worth the, the money. How many vehicles on the road are uninsured? Well, I'm not going to dare ask you if you're uninsured. California used to be one of the worst for compliance, and we're, we've gotten quite a bit better. Because what the DMV would do is they'd send out this little th thing form saying, you need insurance, so people would go get it, and then promptly cancel it. And the DMV would wait a year before they said, oh, you need insurance. Now, the insurance company has to notify the DMV and they send you a letter saying, look, you're out of compliance. Go get some insurance. You get caught without insurance by a police officer. The fine is outrageous. It used to be 500 but I think it's now 1000 or $1,500. Uh, yeah, and folks, be responsible. Driving is not a right. It's a privilege and, and you can hurt people. I just uh, into uh, I showed them the SD stuff in chapter six, but it just amazes me the amount of people just driving around looking down at their cell phone, back up, looking down, looking at the video. They're gonna kill somebody eventually. They then they'll call it an accident. It was an accident. No, it wasn't. An accident. <laughs> you know, an accident is unforeseen. This is foreseen. Eventually, you're going to run into somebody if you're looking down at your cell phone and looking back up. Eventually, because it only takes a couple of seconds. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, no fault. Slide 36. Well, California's not a no fault state. What is no fault? Each driver collects from their own insurance company, 
And the idea was to get the lawyers out of the picture. It was intended to provide fast and smooth methods of paying for damages without taking the legal action frequently necessary to determine fault. And it's not always lived up to its expectations. You know, some states it's been fairly successful, other states it's not. Now, so why do, why do, we, why do we even discuss this? Well, when you drive in a state that has no fault, your California insurance automatically becomes no fault, so you're fine. If you have an accident in a no-fault state, they'll say, fine, we'll, we'll deal with it. We'll worry. We'll, we'll, we, know, we know the drill. We know how to handle it. So that's all you, we, as California residents, have to worry about. If you're in a state, if you're listening to this from another state, you need to find out how your, your no-fault works. And um, when you leave that state, your insurance takes the uh, attribute of whatever state you're in. Slide number 37, collision coverage. This is the coverage that pays for your car in an accident. Now, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you were at fault or not. If you crash your car, wrap it around a pole, it, they'll pay. If somebody else hits it, they'll pay. Now, if you're not at fault, the insurance company will try to collect from the other driver's property damage liability first, but that's not your problem. That's their problem. If you have collision, your car is going to be made whole. Now, as your car gets older and older and older, does it necessarily make sense to have collision coverage? It's up to you. I don't think so. On my own, I always have old cars and so I don't think it makes sense. But other people might say, eh, it does make sense. Because they're only going to pay the fair market value. They're, they're not going to pay, it's not like the replacement coverage uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, on, the, on, that, on, the, on that sofa or that computer or whatever, right? They're only going to pay the fair market value of the car. If a car is worth two, $3,000, does it make sense to pay 200 bucks a year, $300 a year? To I, I don't think so, but that's me. Hmm, I'll just buy another junker slide number 38 comprehensive comprehensive is everything else um it, it, some insurance companies call it non-collision and there seemed to be about six seven eight years ago a movement to get rid of the term comprehensive and call it non-collision but i that seems to have petered out and you see it now calling comprehensive this is fire or theft or vandalism or glass breakage or hail, sand or windstorm. Your car rolls down a hill into a tree. The books, I don't think this is right. This should be covered under collision. My insurance company said it was covered under collision. So I think what the book is, or the author is referring to is um, if the car were to fall out of park or if you didn't put it, if it's a, if it's a stick shift, you didn't put it in gear and it was in neutral, and it rolled down the hill on its own. But my insurance company, I said, if, if the car were not being operated by an, a, a, a driver and it rolled down the hill, they said, no, that's collision. So they put the liability, they put the collision, they put the comprehensive together, and they say, you have full coverage. But as we saw, there is no such thing. There is no company that is going to insure you unlimited there is always there are always limits so just banish that term and from your vocabulary there's no such thing as full coverage you have liability 
at the very least, the most important insurance for automobiles. You may have collision, you may have comprehensive, but you don't have full coverage. <laughs> Slide number 36. What are some auto insurance premium factors? Well, what kind of car do you have? Yeah, the year, the make, the model, where you live. Indeed, uh, we in the urban areas pay higher insurance rates than people in the rural areas. Why? Because there are more parking lots and intersections and there are just more places for things to go wrong and for you to have accidents. Your age, your sex, your driving record, marital status, credit history, professional group membership, how often and how far you drive. It, for example, if you uh, drive only a, f a few days to work, tell your insurance company and they'll lower your rates. Once you get your driver's license, the clock starts. After three years, your premiums go down substantially, providing you have been a decent driver. After you turn 25, they go down again. When you get married, they like that. Until finally you get old, then exactly they start going up. Slide number 40, legal discrimination. In our face-to-face -face class, we try to get a little uh, discussion going here. Because of the past driving records of young adults, the insurance companies are justified in charging the rates that they do. Do you strongly agree? Do you disagree? Do you disagree or strongly disagree? And, of course, what you get is some people saying, some younger folks saying, I'm a good driver. Why should I be penalized? And then you get older folks saying, because you're not a good driver, because your cohort, you and your young whippersnappers, are bad drivers. And uh, what we do next is look at slide number 41. Now, how do you feel? huh? What percentage of 16 to 19-year-olds are expected to have at least one accident within their first three years of driving. Hmm? Is it 25%, 50%, 75%, or 100%? Dear students, it is 100%. The insurance companies just assume if you're a 16 and 19 year old, you're going to get in one accident. And of course, that's the average, because some don't. But some have more than one, or two, or three, right? And there, there are many reasons, many reasons that are posited by the experts, and I'm not trying to pawn myself off as an expert, I'm expert. I'm just relating to you what I've read and, and listened to in interviews with, uh, you know, with CHP and other um, experts in the field of automotive driving. It, it's not the fact that they're young and testosterone-induced and reckless, but that, I mean, that that's important, but that's not the biggest reason. The biggest reason, according to the experts, is they're just not experienced enough. They just don't have enough time behind the wheel. And so when in a situation that arises where an experienced driver would take evasive action or react faster, they tend to panic. They tend to, uh, to uh, uh, not make a decision and not take action fast enough until it's too late and so it's experience so the more if you're if you have younger uh, uh, adults just starting out the more you can practice with them in parking lots and on the road and 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 uh, together or if you need to hire somebody because 
there's a screaming match the last time you tried to teach your daughter how to drive. Uh, the better. The more experience they get, the better. And for some of you younger folks, if you get the driver's license and don't drive, just consider not driving for the first two, three years. Your insurance is going to go down just because you didn't have a claim within the first three years. So consider that. Slide number 42. How do we reduce our automobile insurance premiums? Well, the best thing to do is shop around. But one of the most important things you can do, which, but that's, you know, that's, this is such a subjective experience buying a car, is find out how much it will cost before you buy the car. You know, you get that fancy schmancy top-down convertible sports car and find out that the insurance is how much? <laughs> yeah. Uh, compare companies. There are just, there are so many of these websites like insure.com and uh, there are dozens and dozens of them. I don't own any stock in this one. Uh, the pr difference in prices are significant. It's unbelievable how they just throw numbers up in the air and then they say, look, we can do $300 less than our competitor. And the competitor says, we can do $300 less than them because the day before they were $400 more and they, turn, they go down $300, they go back up. I can't figure it out myself. But that's, you know, that's what you're up against. You have to shop around. The larger the deductible, the cheaper the premium will be. And there are ways to have discounts. Good driving record if you're a non-smoker. Good credit record if you belong to certain professional groups. We get a discount because we're both professors. We uh, install security devices, car alarms, and of course, if you have more than one vehicle, it really makes sense to insure them both with the same company because there are certain fixed costs of just having a client. And, and they, if you insure with two different companies, they have to charge you that fixed cost. Each one has to charge you the fixed cost. So there's, there's uh, discounts when you have more than one company. Slide number 43. Okay, so now on to something different. This is, um, our, we're wrapping up here. Your clue report. Hmm, clue? A company called LexisNexis has nothing to do with the car company, Lexus, which is a division of Toyota. LexisNexis keeps track of personal property and automobile claims that you make. They're a big, they're like a, a they're an older Google. They're, they're an information uh, search uh, and but they they have their own information databases very popular with lawyers Lexus and they're called clue reports comprehensive loss underwriting exchange there's a personal property loss report and there's an automobile loss report so so they are very similar to the credit reports you get one free each of both reports every year by clicking on that website and uh, the insurance companies use this to rate your risk. So it makes sense for you to go look this up and see if there's any uh, incorrect data in there. And then just as you would for a credit report, you'd say, this isn't right. I didn't make this claim in 1999 or whatever it was. And please, uh, no jokes about getting a clue. Ha <laughs> ha. A real quick little piece of trivia. When the Toyota Motor Corporation came out with the idea, they came out with the new comp car company called Lexus, uh, Lexus Nexus, which had been around for you know, much longer, 
cried foul and said, you can't come, you can't call your company Lexus, we're Lexus. And uh, Toyota said, we're going to call our company Lexus. There's no way that consumers are going to confuse your information database system with our car. And the courts agreed with them. So Lexus Nexus was a little pissed, a little peaked, a little uh, perturbed. So they ran a, a uh, contest. Win a infinity, win an infinity from Lexus Nexus. Because <laughs> infinity is Nissan's luxury division, which competes directly with Lexus. And so they, they, got, they got their last little dig in. Eh, cute. Slide number 44. Our bottom line on home and car insurance is get sufficient coverage understand the coverage you get, make sure you get sufficient coverage, and Bohica. Have you ever heard of Bohica? It's a, just one of many uh, acronyms that were from the World War II generation, the, the, the traditionalists, the, uh, the matures. And it's dying out like many of the others. You might have heard of snafu, situation normal, all fouled up. <laughs> and... Uh, uh, Fubar, fouled up beyond all recognition. Well, Bohica is one of those. It stands for bend over, here it comes. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, right. Keep your back to the wall, dear students, when you deal with the insurance agents. Yeah. Now, make sure you understand those automobile liability numbers, because I'm going to ask you. There's a worksheet. Do it. And when we come back, we will discuss health insurance, my least favorite chapter of the entire semester. Not because it's not important, it is important, but because of what politically is happening uh, regarding health care in the United States. So we'll see you in our next presentation, our next chapter.